0: All right, here we are. Genesis chapter four. Uh, I was going to roll this in with chapter three, but I was already at like 18 minutes and it seems like it's getting long. So I broke it up into two again, even though I'm recording them back to back. So we just talked about, um, the curses on, uh, the serpent on the woman and on the man. And then they're outside the garden and they have a child, um, they have they have their first their first child, so they didn't at least we don't have any record of them having any children in the garden. So then Cain is their firstborn, uh, and then she also gave birth to her his brother Abel. So Cain and Abel two brothers. Cain cultivated the land that's important for later, and Abel cultivated some flocks. They both brought uh, offerings to the Lord, and so we presume that this was. Um, you know, on the way for the way back into Eden, uh, presenting offerings and sacrifices um, to get God's approval so they'd go back into the garden. That must have been their desires, to go back into the garden, to be with God. I mean, that's a little bit reading into it, but that's not not just my interpretation. That's uh, other people's interpretation as well. So they don't actually say Anywhere in here, why uh, Cain's sacrifice was rejected? Except there's a there's a few things pointing here is that um, Cain says that he brought some, and Abel's brought the firstborn of the flock and the fat portions. And so it could be that Adam Adam and Eve had set up this they were they were going to you know offer sacrifices as they. Saw God offering a sacrifice to make their clothing. They offered sacrifices back to God, to um, try and get back into the garden, or to get you know back into His good graces, or we don't know, um, just to be uh, thankful. I, we don't know. And and Abel offered firstborn and the fat portions, and Cain offered some, and so his Cain's was rejected. And then later it says. Um, if you do right, won't you be accepted? Which seems to indicate that he was not doing right. He was doing wrong. He was doing out of obligation, or he was doing uh, out of manipulation, or out of, out of the wrong place in his heart. Um, that's throughout all of the rest of Scripture, you'll see things pointing to how God values uh, our intentions and, and not just our, our actions. Uh, he values us taking action and inaction is a problem as well But if we're doing things with the wrong motive, it's almost worse than doing nothing um, almost So Cain is furious that Abel's is accepted his is not um, And he's just he's just boiling over with rage, which I One of my children uh, my four-year-old he just gets so mad about the littlest stuff. I mean, it's little stuff to me. Um, obviously, it's the world to him. You know, his, his brother moves a marker or, or, you know, turns on the TV and, and he wanted to turn it on. Things like that. And he just, he'll scrunch up his shoulders and he'll just be shaking his face. He'll just turn red. And, and, uh, and I, that's kind of what I imagine Kane doing here, only more as an adult. Why are you so furious? Why are you downcast? The first thing I notice is that he actually has two why questions, which is exactly the opposite of what I said earlier about God asking questions that aren't wise. Uh, not not wise, but the why questions. Yep, Sorry, that's, never mind. Um, <clears throat> so uh, then he says, If you do not do right, sin is crouching at the door its desire is for you but you must master it and then cain said to his brother let's go out into a field then he killed him so i want to i want to stop there because I actually i actually stopped i was shocked when i saw this because i i've read this i've read this before but i'd never actually tied these two things together and so i'm going to read these two verses its desire is for you but you must master it your desire will be for your husband but you must master it. No, yet he will master you. So it's, it, it, it's not exactly parallel, but it's very similar. And so I that it shocked me, it shocked my brain. And so I had to go and look it up in the interlinear and compare the Hebrew and they are the same words, surprisingly, quite surprisingly. So um, in in uh, chapter three, sixteen, your desire, um, which is, Teshuka uh, is a, a feminine longing or desire, which makes sense in context. Your desire will be for your husband. Um, yet he will dominate you, or he will rule over you, or he will, you know, um, he will, what was the other word? Um, he will, be overbearing upon you, or yeah, there's a bunch of different, basically the same, you know, to rule, to have dominion, to have control, and so that word is, um, mashal. To rule, to have dominion, to control. So you're uh you will, you will have this, this feminine desire, feminine desire or longing, for him, and he will. Uh, mashal, he will rule over you, have dominion. And then over here in uh, four seven, it which is uh, the sin. Uh, sin is crouching at the door. Sin's desire, a feminine longing or desire. Exact same same word. Um, but you must mashal. You must rule over it, have dominion, have control over it. Which, you know, in, in the context of you know, his rage and wanting to do harm and he has this uncontrollable rage and, and he's saying sin is at the door. If you don't do what is right, it will consume you. It has a it has a, a strong desire for you. And it's for you is um not for your good. It is to to do to do evil, to tempt you into more wrongdoing. And so he kills his brother, and that its desire, sin's desire, overtook him. He did not master, control, overcome it, have dominion over it. And so that actually gives us some context and some with those words back to this one over here. your desire will be for your husband. And, and if this is a curse for all of humanity and you know then there will be a, a, a feminine longing or desire, not for good but for manipulation, for uh, temptation to, to bring them down the wrong path. That's the same using the same phrase, I, I got to be careful here because this is danger territory. That's okay. My wife doesn't listen to this podcast anyway. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to still try and stick to what the text is saying and pointing out. Yet he will master it or have dominion over it or rule. And in that context, it is you, the woman, will lead or attempt to lead or tempt your husband to go astray, to do bad things, to. Um, to move toward destruction, like Cain. Sin is crouching at the door. Yet he will resist master rule. Um, he won't give in to that. That's actually a good thing. It's a good thing for a husband to, to not fall to temptation, even of his wife, uh, to do evil and to do corrupt, to, to, to be led astray. And that's the command here is, but you must master it. You must not fall to temptation. Don't let your anger or your spouse uh, tempt you, turn you away to do things that are against God's will. Because that's that's what happened to Adam. Because you listened to your wife's voice, because you were tempted to do what was evil and to do what she said, to listen and obey what she said, rather than listen to what God says. Now, this is not a blanket command to never listen to your wife. My wife has many wise things to say. We have a lot of really um, insightful, interesting, uh, productive conversations where she has wisdom and and grace where I do not. This is not saying do not listen to your wife. This is saying that the relationship is broken to where the the things that are said and the, and the advice that is given will sometimes be not toward God, but it will be drawing us away from God, and to not listen and to not obey in those directions. So, um, I love looking into the Hebrew. I need to go back to working on that class because it's a, it's long and it's hard, but it's really cool to be able to dig in like this. So, uh, then, uh, God has this conversation with Cain, and, um, and then, uh, Cain goes out and he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna be killed. You, you have cursed me from the ground." God says, "You can't, basically, you can't work on the ground anymore." Of the two brothers, Abel was the was the one who would take care of the flocks. Cain was the one that was working the, the soil. He had the grains and the first fruits from the soil, and so he wasn't allowed to work the soil anymore. So he was gonna have to go and basically do his brother's job as a way to survive further away from the garden, further away from his parents. And so he says, I'm going to die. And God said, I will protect you. I'm going to put a mark on you so that nobody will kill you. And they will suffer vengeance seven times over if they do kill you. And so God placed a mark on Cain so that nobody would kill him. I've always been curious what that mark was. So then Cain went out and he got married and you get a list of uh, his son his son and his son and his son and his son we actually go down seven generations uh, from uh, from Adam through Lamech's children he lists out all, a bunch of their children and what they're doing and then Lamech is real full of himself and like kills somebody for for insult for um, for striking him like a boy for, he kills a boy for striking him seems a little overkill and he's bragging about it with his two wives. And then Adam uh, had Seth as a, to replace Abel. And then uh, Seth had a son named Enosh. And and then there's, there's this last sentence is, at that time, people began to call on the name of the Lord, which seems to indicate that they weren't before. And so I want to see, like, when was that? Because like, at that time, like, what is that time? And that's Adam had Seth, and then right before that son was born to Seth named Enosh, and that was the time at that during during Enosh's young life was when people began to call in the name of the Lord and what's interesting is that this happens right after all of this stuff with the line of Cain, and so in the line of Cain we've got like seven plus generations and then um, and then over here back you know we go back to Adam, then Seth is at the same you know generational level as Cain. And then, um, and then he has uh, a son. Uh, Seth's son is Enosh. So, like, we're only three away, like Adam's grandson. And that is two hundred and thirty-five years, because um, Adam Adam was one hundred and thirty years old when he had uh, Seth, and and Seth was one hundred and five when he had Enosh. So Cain is having a lot more kids a lot faster in his line. Uh, just closer together kids, I guess. And and here we are, 235 years um, from from when Adam was created. And people are turning back to God. It'd be cool to know how old Adam was when they were kicked out of the garden. But obviously it was long enough for Cain to have many generations of children's children's children. Of course, in, you know... 235 years, you can have a lot of kids, and kids have kids. But it's sad that it took that long, because uh, Cain and Abel were both making sacrifices and calling on the name of the Lord uh, at the entrance to the garden, right after, soon after, at least. And they probably learned that from their parents, because they were born outside of the garden. So they didn't know God face-to-face, well, they, so the Lord talked to Cain. The Lord said to Cain, and it didn't seem like a burning bush moment. So maybe they did. Maybe at the edge of the garden they could still hear God's voice from within it. Huh. It's just interesting to think about. But yeah. So don't I mean the the takeaway for me on that is people people wait a long time to call on the name of the Lord to repent, to turn to him, to seek him. And we should not be waiting 235 years to call on his name again. I don't have that kind of time in my life. Adam lived 930 years. Um, I don't have that kind of luxury or curse, depending on how you look at it. Um, We don't have that kind of time. We only have a short time to give our allegiance and our trust to God. Let's not squander it. Let's not let anger rule over us and tempt us and draw us away and devour us. Because it's there, crouching at the door, if we do not do what is right.